0: Everyone. Welcome back to Should I Call a Therapist? This is Jane Margaret. Years ago, I ran I trained for and ran marathons. I have done six marathons, six full marathons, and I think I always say this. I think 30 half marathons. And I don't it's probably not a round number, but who knows? Anyway, I ha- was a distance runner for a while. I do not come by running naturally, which has been so, that was so weird about running. I I mean, I don't even know when this was, but in my early 20s, I started to learn how to run. My brother became a runner. He was not a runner and then got into it and did the LA Marathon trained, but not super trained. And he had a great time and all of us heard about it. thought it sounded pretty cool. And slowly I worked up. I did a 5K, then a 10K, half marathon, etc. How I learned how to run in my early 20s was walk, run, walk a block, run a block. And then I'd start running two blocks. Then I'd start running three blocks. And finally I was running a full three miles. That was very exciting. But you walked the whole... If you were doing the walk, run, you had to do the whole three miles. I come from a line of, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing line of thinking people, people with that line of thinking. And I don't know if it's our German heritage or if it's from, um, dopamine and serotonin. I don't know. However, my dad, my sister and my brother all have a aspect and a, and a character trait of being dedicated, commitment, um, and focus when it comes to goals and and whatnot. Um, So I learned how to run, and that was exciting. Then I, like I said, I did the 5K, then I did a 10K, half marathon, full marathon. Only towards the end of the running career did I become... A really great runner, I got super fast at the very end of, and I'm not done with running. I still run, but not at the same degree. but there was a time, and this was in two thousand eleven i I had hip surgery in two thousand and twelve, and so November of two thousand eleven was my last half marathon, and I did very well. I did great in the New York city marathon. I did great. Uh, out of six marathons, three of them I qualified for the Boston Marathon. And you do that by being, they take a couple factors into, into account. Female and my age group then decided where I needed to finish in a marathon to then qualify for the Boston Marathon. All of the three marathons that I qualified, i and what was so funny about my marathon experience was I either did really well in a marathon of the, of the six. Three of them I did very well and qualified for Boston. Three of them I did so poorly and so poorly for me. Other people would probably still be excited to have those finishing times. They were in the um, four-hour range. One was 4'10". One was like 420-something, and the other one was 420-something. I think one was 422, and one was 426, something like that. When I did well and qualified for Boston, I did 330, 3 hours and 36 minutes, 3 hours and 37 minutes, and 3 hours and, I think, like, 30... Nah, uh, that one might have been 342. I'm not positive. Anyway... In those races, I was super focused and had a great time. The very first, so I qualified for Boston in October. I I don't know uh, two thousand eight. I do know the year. In October two thousand eight, I qualified for Boston at the Rock and Roll Marathon in Denver, and it was um, a great race. Beautiful weather. I had told friends where. I, where they could come see me. And so then I had people all along the course. Real, I mean, such great friends. I had people all along the course, um, you know, every maybe like three to five miles, um, clapping and waving and calling my name. It was really fun, fun for me. I don't know if they had fun, but I had a great time. I really appreciated that. It was so nice. And all the way till the end, it was great. So that was in October. Then the, Boston Marathon is in April on Patriots Day, which is a holiday that they celebrate in Boston. and And the the marathon's on Sunday, and then Patriots Day is Monday. And so I'm training for that race, and oh, through the winter in Denver. And I mean, it's still global warming, but this is 2009. And so there was way more snow on the ground then than there is today. Um, And so I would have to juggle my training with the weather, etc. I also had a job and a, a real job that eight to five job that I had to go and sit at a desk. And so I'd have to juggle my training with getting to the desk and watching out for the weather. All of this happened beautifully. I ended up getting laid off and was able to continue to train. March of 2009, it had snowed in the morning and the sun came out. I'm getting to a juicy story, I promise. It's not even about running. And the sun, so it snowed overnight and then the early morning was cold. I probably went running that day at 10 to 10.30. Maybe it was 11. It, it was still morning, but it was late morning. The sun had come out. Um, there were, The center of the street was melted. And so then if you, like through the neighborhood streets, I could just run down the center of the street. Sidewalks, in, if the people shovel their sidewalk, it's fabulous and it's dry and no big deal. Um, there's plenty of neighbors that don't shovel. And so then it's dangerous. Um, I did a mix of um, middle of the street and sidewalk. I know exactly where I was. I lived on Jackson Street in um, our first condo. I was married to my ex-husband at the time. I, we lived on Jackson Street in our first condo. And I ran up Jackson through the center of the street. Then I ran down 7th. In the bike lane, but the bike lane was close enough to the street, to the center of the street, that it was somewhat melted too. Made it down to um, Downing. At Downing, then I turned left onto Spear. I'm running on Spear, and the Denver Country Club is right there. And I, um, there's, there's a hedge. Sorry, I'm trying to remember this. I haven't told this story in so long. And now you can see side note. Now you can see that I don't plan or practice or any of these and y'all are like, yeah, no shit. But all of this is on the fly. And so sometimes I have to think fast on the fly and some, and then I get lost in the details, but I really want to make sure I get this right. Anyway. Running in front of the Denver Country Club. And those that live in Denver, y'all will totally know what I'm talking about. And that's why I wanted to paint this picture. Spear, for those that don't, Spear is a six-lane street. It is a, it's a it's an urban street. So there's a center median that is beautifully landscaped with tall, mature trees. And then three lanes traveling east and three lanes traveling west. Lots of cars go up and down Spear, but it's still kind of a pretty street. And then the Denver Country Club is on the south side of the street and they have a huge hedge. And because of the hedge being near the sidewalk, there's a portion of the sidewalk that stayed shaded and did not get sun and subsequently was full of snow and ice. I'm running up that sidewalk and I'm very close to the street because closer to the street, Was getting sun and it was melted. So I am running against. um, If you're, I I was on the wrong side of the sidewalk for a traffic pattern because on sidewalk, it's not the same thing as, you know, know, sidewalk, you keep right and then the person traveling the opposite direction would also keep right. So y'all would avoid each other. I was traveling the on the side of the sidewalk where the oncoming pedestrian or bicycle traffic would need to travel. Hopefully that makes sense. I was on the wrong side of the sidewalk for my direction of travel. People were coming by, I would move over. People coming by, I'd move over. Some people would like uh, and and not that many bicycles on a snowy morning. Um, some bicycles, they just go, they have big tires. People that ride in the winter, ride their bikes in the winter, they have big chunky tires and they can handle going through a little snow patch. So some of the, and, and any pedestrian in this type of client climate knows that you are trying to not fall down by keeping off of the snow and ice as a pedestrian A pedestrian also knows that a cyclist doesn't want to be in the snow and ice, too. All of us are cognizant of one another and all of us are trying to get along. And a guy is coming towards me, a bicyclist. He is wearing a bright orange, almost like a hunter style jacket or coat and how hunters wear that bright safety orange it was a safety orange jacket and maybe he had that on because he was on his bike and he is traveling towards me he is on his correct side of the street he is traveling i'm going away from downtown he's traveling towards downtown and he is on his right the right side of the ho- of the sidewalk And it's coming towards me, coming towards me, coming towards me. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is going to happen here? How come he's not moving? Most people move for me and move over, even though I'm on the wrong side. Most people still are like, oh, forget it. She's just arrogant. I'll just move over. He was not moving. And something about his belligerence made me belligerent. And I am not right in this story, I'm completely wrong. And I want to make that very clear. I know I was wrong. I could have avoided this entire incident had I just moved over to my side, even if I had to stop running for three seconds to let him pass and then travel, continue my travel. So silly. We are coming at each other now in a full chicken fight. <laughs> it is a full chicken fight. And he is not moving, and I am not moving. Finally, at the last, I mean very last second, I move over. And I stick out my elbow, not not exactly to hit him, but I kind of wanted to show him how close he was to me by allowing his body to graze mine as he passed me by. And he's going pretty quick because he's on a bicycle and I'm just running. So I didn't necessarily check him to throw him off the bike, but I checked him to show him, hey, look how close you are to me. I barely have my, um, well, not barely, but I have my elbow out to show you that. I mean, I don't have a wingspan, and now I've just hit you with my elbow. He keeps going, and then all of a sudden, and I turn around and look, and he is off of his bike coming towards me. He has put his bike down in the sidewalk, And is coming towards me on foot. And what I should have done is continued. I should have just not looked back and just kept going. Okay, we already established I should have never been on the wrong side of the sidewalk. I was on the wrong side of the sidewalk. I did aggravate him. Now I should have just kept going. But instead, I turn around to engage him. And all of these cars, remember I said six lanes of traffic, all of these cars are driving up and down the street and they're watching this. And he comes towards me and I start, I turn around, I don't move towards him, but I do turn around and he calls me the C word. He said, you stupid. And then he said C word. And I'm like, what? What did you just call me? I couldn't believe it. No one had ever called me that maybe behind my back, never to my face. I had never been called. I'm like, what? No one thinks that about me. (laughs) And he then reaches in his, like over, he takes his right arm and he crosses to his left shoulder and reaches over his shoulder to the strap on his backpack and pulls out something. And before I can get out the word, I'm start screaming, no, but I don't turn around. I needed to turn around. Instead, I am facing him and he sprays pepper spray at me. And if you know anything about pepper spray, it has a distance traveled. We were not close to each other. I don't, I don't know distances, but let's say we were 30 feet apart And it could have even been farther. I'm not positive. He could have never laid a hand on me or anything like that. And I thought it was going to be a verbal screaming match, which I I didn't hurl any um, uh, insults to him. But he called me that word and then reached over his shoulder and grabbed the pepper spray. And pepper spray comes out red. I saw the stream of red coming towards me. And I said, no. Oh, and then he jumped back I lay, I fall to the ground and he jumps back on his bicycle and takes off I am now completely blind it was a snowy day I had I did have sunglasses on it must have gotten through my sunglasses I was completely blind all the way completely blind. I could only see white. I couldn't see anything. So I take myself to the hedge which had a fence and I'm holding on to the fence to make sure I still have my bearing because I literally cannot see. I'm completely blind and I'm holding on to the fence with that hedge and I'm trying to rack my brain. I'm in pain. It burned more than I can ever explain to you and I cannot figure out um, how I'm going to get home I'm thinking what do I do I can't sit in this sidewalk that leaves me in a, a completely blind then I'm in a totally vulnerable position and maybe a maybe a man could but a single lady cannot sit on the sidewalk blind and Yes, it was cold and snowy. I didn't care about the cold or the snow. I'm trying to figure out how to get home. Of course, I'm crying. I'm bawling crying. And so I think the only logical thing to do is to go out into traffic. So I walk into traffic and I'm waving my arms trying to pull someone over because I just want someone to stop. I was really close to home. I don't remember distances, but I would guess I was within a mile of my house, and I um, was waving cars, hoping that someone would stop and just let me get in the back seat. I don't put me in the trunk, you know, in the in the cargo area of your SUV. I, I'm not here to hurt you, and my shirt was completely red. I didn't know that until I got home, but my shirt is completely red with this orange cayenne. It's essentially like spraying cayenne pepper on a person in a liquid form. And I, I, that maybe that is what pepper spray is. Cause it was that color. It was cayenne pepper color. And, um, it was all over everything. And so I'm standing in traffic, waving my arms, cannot see at all. It can make out shapes. I knew I wasn't going to get run over. Nobody is stopping. Everyone's just whizzing past me at their same. Um, no one's even breaking or slowing down. So that's not going to work. I don't have a telephone, so I can't call anybody. This is way before days of Uber or anything like that. And I, I had no way to get a hold of any human beings. So I walk myself home, bawling, crying, a mile. And I stayed within the line of traffic. So I stayed on the commercial side of the street instead of taking continuing on this little running biking path. Cause I, I really felt so vulnerable and so terrified and I thought, well, I do not want to be in another vulnerable position and be on this path and something else happens. So I stayed on the commercial side of the street. I also thought maybe someone will see me crying and help me. I just kept thinking someone's going to see me crying and stop and help. I had to walk all the way home. I get home. I call my husband and he's like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I don't know, but I need a remedy. And so he's, okay, I'll look up online remedies. So he looks up and it says to use Vaseline or like an oil base, baby oil, Vaseline, anything oily to, that's what decomposes the, or or um, just, yeah, that's what deactivates the heat. And it, it is decomposed by oil. So I take out like Crisco or, you know, Oh, oh the, I think he did say cooking oil. And so I took out cooking oil and just doubt, I mean, just got in the tub and bathed in cooking oil. I was so embarrassed. I was completely humiliated. I was so embarrassed about having that happen to me. I was so embarrassed by the word he called me. And I was so embarrassed for being that stupid and arrogant. And I mean, just complete overall dumb. It was so dumb to let that happen. It was all in my control. And I didn't even, I I mean, I just, I acted so childish and so stupid. And then I I was completely embarrassed. Someone later in the day, I I think I told one friend. I, I mean, obviously I told Sam and then I told maybe one friend. I didn't want anybody to know. And so I told her and she said, well, you have to report this to authorities. What if this guy is habitually um, spraying people and no one's reporting it? And I'm like, what? I don't know if I can. And I mean, now it's now we're getting late in the day. Now hours have passed. I've completely bathed in Crisco or, you know, in cooking oil. And now I have taken a shower. I have done my job for No, I didn't have a job. I don't know what I did all day, but now I, um, you know, I was finally settling into the day and she said, well, you have to call the police, even the non-emergency, just report this. I call the police. They send over a female, which I thought was very nice. Um, she didn't even get out of her car. I went downstairs to her car and met her in the street. She took the full report. It was super nice. And, and I admit it. I'm like, I did this wrong. Here are all the things I did wrong. And I am super sorry. What my friend kept reiterating, and maybe what you're thinking right now too, is that nothing about what I did, whether I was traveling in the wrong direction on the sidewalk, whether I put out my elbow just to agitate him, no matter how much I did to agitate him, no one should be assaulted with pepper spray. And left in a completely blind state. No one, no one should have to endure that. No, especially no lady. But also no one. Not, there isn't a person out there that with what had happened. He was in no, no threat. I was absolutely no physical threat to him. And not being in a physical threat, then why did he have to assault me? So I did subscribe to that way of thinking, and I agreed with my friend. So I did call the police, sent the lady over. I gave my report. She took it. This was a Tuesday. I fully remember it. Then um, I'm looking everywhere for this guy every day. Oh, and then I think, I still have to run that marathon. I'm training for a marathon. I do not want to be scared. to. I kind of lost sight of what I had done. By the time I gave the report, then I had lost sight of my participation in the event. And so the next morning, it's time to wake up and go running. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to be assaulted today. I'm just too scared. Never really remembering that, girl, you were in complete control of that. And that did not have to happen to you if you had maybe backed off. So anyway, I I realize that now. At the time, I was thinking, I am not going to let this person stop me. Well... You should have been talking to yourself because you're the one that stopped yourself. I did continue to run. I did continue to train. Blah, blah, blah. This was a Tuesday. Saturday, we are doing whatever we're doing on a Saturday and a phone rings and it was a detective from the Denver Police Department and he said, you'll never believe this. But I, as a detective, I'm required to read every report. And if it's possible to connect dots, I'm absolutely going to connect dots. And you won't believe the dots I've connected in your report. He said that he and his partner were traveling on Spear the same, at the exact time that this happened. And he saw a man and a woman standing on the sidewalk arguing, but at a safe distance apart. He and his partner pulled off on a side street and stopped, but did not do anything about it because he said our perception was it was some sort of boyfriend-girlfriend-lover's quarrel. It looked like y'all were in some sort of verbal shouting match, but y'all did not look like y'all were in a a uh, threatening situation. You didn't, I mean, you were so far apart from one another. It didn't even look like anything could happen to either of you. It didn't look like you could hurt him and it didn't look like he could hurt you. So we didn't do anything. We did not want to intervene. And then they are, oh, I'm sorry. They Then were are at a red light. They get stopped at a red light and they see the guy tearing down the bike path, down Spear on that sidewalk at a wild rate of speed. And so he said, oh, my God, I think that guy must have stolen her bike. I bet that's what happened. He stole her bike. So then they went back to find me to get my report. But they followed the path of the bike path. And I stayed on the commercial street. They didn't think to follow the commercial street because I was wearing running clothes. So they could not find me. And they gave up and didn't worry about it. He saw the report and said, oh my gosh, this matches exactly what we saw. I cannot believe this. They had stopped the guy with because they thought he stole my bicycle. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what happened. They st- Okay, sorry. Again, piecing this together because I have not told this story very often at all. They stopped the um, guy when they saw him speeding down the um, bike path. And they took his information, they had they took his driver's license, and all the details, and they said, did you steal her bike? And he's like, no, it's my bike, look at it, it's completely my bike. He did not tell them one thing that happened. He did not report that he had sprayed me with pepper spray, he did not report that he had felt violated, he did not report anything about our interaction. And I don't know if he, I, I don't know what he said, because they didn't repeat it, but he did not at all, give any sort of report about what I had done, except that they said that I stuck my elbow out and checked him when I ran by, that is all they said, that's all he told them, and so anyway, they, um, let him go, I mean, it was his bike, they could tell the bike fit him, it was completely his bike, it was a male bike, blah, 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 Then they come to find me to get my report and that's when they couldn't find me. And so anyway, he reads, he's telling me this. And so he said, are you available on Monday to come in and do a, um, what's that called? I picked him out in a lineup. So whatever it's called, when you identify, I had to pick him out in a lineup. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. So I go and I'm thinking it's going to be like Seinfeld. Remember when Kramer stood in the line and they had the um, lineup and then he was one of the decoys (laughs) and everyone kept picking him as the perpetrator? (laughs) I thought it was going to be an in-person lineup. I was so excited. I'm like, ooh, this is juicy. I can't wait. I've got to go see this. So I show up and what they've done is they've taken all driver's license photos. That's how they did it. They did not have him live in person. They instead had his driver's license photo and um, four others. There were five total. And so then they showed him to me and I said, that's him. And I pointed straight to it. Don't forget, this was a very cold day and he had on a hat, a coat. He was wearing the hood of his coat. He had on a um, cover Because when you're riding your bike in the cold, especially, you have a cover over your mouth and nose usually. You know, like one of those ski, either like a thing that you pull up, like a neck gaiter that you pull up, or I don't remember what he had, but he had something that was covering most of his face. And so they said, going in, I said, don't forget he was fully covered and he was wearing a bright orange coat. I could pick him out if you had a picture of him from that day. I don't know that I'm going to be able to pick, or, pick him out from these driver's license photos. I mean, whoever looks exactly like their driver's license photo. The minute they laid it down, I'm like, yep, that's him. And then they shuffled them, did something else. I think we even moved rooms and then did it again. Or maybe they got out all new pictures. And I'm like, yep, that's him. There he is. Well, I identified him correctly in both exercises. I can't remember if it was two or three exercises But I identified him without a question in my mind. I recognized him. And so then, this then brings on a full case. So they said, do you want to press? I said, well, am I gonna press charges? I mean, I was wrong. I was on the wrong side of the sidewalk, blah, blah, blah. They then explained to me about assault and how assault is not right for a woman or for anyone and how he rendered me blind. Okay, they said. However, we are going to do the. We are going to file the complaint. You don't have to. You are going to be our key witness, but we are. It's the city and county of Denver that is going to, or may, must have been Denver. I don't remember how they did that, but whatever it was. And I'm sorry for Kevin barking in the background. UPS was here a minute ago. So they um. I don't I anyway, they were going to file the charges and then I would be the key witness. So I didn't get to choose whether or not I wanted to press charges. They they didn't even allow me that um liberty. They decided to press charges. So I we go through months of this. Hold on one second. Okay, got him calm down. So, I go months And they're preparing their case or doing whatever. Then they said, we're going to have a pre or maybe I don't remember how this worked. Somehow I had to go to the city and county building to court and be the witness. And he was there with his attorney. Here's what I remember. He was there with his attorney and I was there with whomever it was, must have been the district attorney you know, our deputy district attorney that was going to present the case. And then he, so he is there. He is, (laughs) I got to tell you what he's wearing. He's wearing full business suit. And, oh, I think I was going to tell you on the phone, talking to the detective, whether it was the first conversation or subsequent conversations, he said, um, The guy was riding his bike. He's a waiter at a restaurant. And he does not drive. He only rides his bike. He he doesn't even have a... He has a driver's license or an ID. But he does not drive a car. He only rides his bike. And he said that he has ridden that route however many, you know, every single day to work and never had an instant, you know, a a problem until he comes across you. And like, okay, well... I can't, I can't help you on that, but okay, I, I, I get you. And then, um, I knew then to also avoid that restaurant, which I thought was pretty helpful. Um, anyway, so that's kind of a side note, but that's what he did for a living. He shows up to this court appearance. That's what it was. It was a court appearance and he has a public defender, which is great. Who cares about that? But he... Um, Is wearing a full business suit. Coat. Pants. Tie. White shirt. I have never subscribed to the Ann Taylor look. Or any of those suits. I've never subscribed to a suit look for myself. Nancy Pelosi, it looks adorable. On me, no. I'd look more like Hillary Clinton. I'm not doing it. I wore a fashionable outfit: slacks, a top, maybe a sweater. I don't remember what I was wearing, but I knew it wasn't a suit. I looked much more casual, but not casual. But I looked much what much more fashionable versus professional. I did not take a professional route; I took a fashionable route. Nothing cheesy, nothing. I, I have a classic style. Anyway, that's what we looked like, and he's sitting over with his attorneys i'm talking to the public defender and in the months after this happened every time i told the story i told it it never included the hit, the the elbow check it never included the check and i don't know if i conveniently forgot that i don't know if i really don't know didn't know that i had done it but i'm sitting there in that room at that appearance and the district deputy deputy district attorney says to me by the way did you check him and I said what and he said did you check him and I said you know with your elbow and I said well to be honest I have no recollection of that but it absolutely sounds like something I would do so if he says I did, I probably did. And he goes, that's hilarious because that's what he's saying is his defense for using the pepper spray on you. You threatened him by checking him with your elbow. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, but seeing you today, you're like a suburban mom. I mean, I don't know. So anyway, that was good. side note, but also kind of funny. He decides, he chooses to take it to jury trial. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he thought, I mean, I, I didn't have any charges to drop because I was not bringing this to light. The district attorney was issuing the complaint against him. So it wasn't mine to drop. I'm not positive what the thinking was in deciding to do a jury trial. And I thought it was so reckless. And I wonder how many people do that. Because instead of just saying not guilty and then taking his lumps, he decided he wanted to go to jury trial. And I, even now I'm thinking, and this is, again, arrogant, which is what got us in this position, but would you take a jury trial against me? I mean, I'm a pretty upstanding looking person. And whether I actually am or not doesn't matter. Going against, I don't know, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it. And in in that cheap looking suit, he looked crazy. Hold on, here's Kevin again. So it just seems like he was running up the taxpayer bill by requesting a jury trial as if that was going to, he was going to sway 12 people in his favor. And maybe it would have, I don't, I I guess I don't know. Luckily we don't have to know because at the very 11th, so then, um, more months go by. Now we're nine months after the incident and he, um, he, it's time, it's, it's time for the trial. And so it's the day of jury selection and they said, you don't need to be here for jury selection. We'll let you know after we have everybody in place and then you come down and, um, Then you're our witness. Okay, great. They, I checked in with them to say, how's jury selection going? And they said, oh, he pled. He ended up pleading guilty and taking a deal from us. And so they gave him a year probation. And he had to pay restitution to me because he ruined my shirt. And my shirt was $65. And I wanted restitution. So he had to pay me for that which I really enjoyed, and um, then he had a year of probation where he couldn't assault anybody. (laughs) He couldn't assault anyone um, over the next year, but can you believe it? I couldn't even, even retelling it now almost sounds like that did not happen. There is no way that happened, but it absolutely did happen, and also it is the reason why when I lived in my divorced neighborhood, I was a little bit scared Walking the dog, and I refused to use pepper spray or even purchase pre- pepper spray because I knew I just have I've always had a feeling since then and even before then that I would accidentally spray myself or at least get a little in my eye. And I, even against my worst enemy, I don't wish pepper spray on anybody. However, I did purchase a taser, and so I would carry a taser with me, and when I walk the dog and um i did not ever have to use it on an actual person i would use it against dogs not on the dog but i would click 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 click, click, click. the noise a taser makes it and even if you just pull the thing and let that noise sound then it would scare dogs and they'd go away but there were so many loose dogs in that neighborhood and um that's a whole different story I'll, i'm i'm not even going to get into that but we had an incident with a dog so i got scared and um Didn't want another one and didn't want to use pepper spray on a dog. I just wanted a taser. So never had to use it on him, but had it and made that noise. That doesn't matter. Anyway, okay. Thank you guys for listening and thank you um, for being here. I hope you have had, I'm trying to do evergreen, so I don't want to mention the holidays. And yet at the same time, I would be remiss to not say, I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and, um, be good to your family, be good to your friends. And, um, I will talk to y'all soon. Okay. Take care guys.